From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. So the other day I was on a plane and there were those who were really tired of being in masks. And then there were others that were grateful to wear them. And then on the rental car bus where you no longer have to wear them, there's still people that are wearing their masks. And then you get to the hotel and then there's still a percentage who are wearing their masks. And yet there are those that are not even on a trip because they found it too daunting to leave their house. So that's what we're going to talk about, the age of reopening and anxiety, the anxiety that goes along with it. Now, Dr. Bregman, you were recently featured in a very well-written article in the New Yorker magazine talking about this topic. Tell me about it. Okay, well, you know, Linda, re-entry is really the the next phase of the pandemic. And uh, what's happened is, you know, there's been studies even by the American Psychological Association in March, the half of Americans felt uneasy about close contact in a post-pandemic. So I started to talk to patients in my practice who were vaccinated, and I started to see there was like a spectrum of people going from, eh, you know, I'm going to grocery store, should I wear the mask or not? And these are the people going out to people who were like shut in. And so I named this thing called cave syndrome because there was on this spectrum, there's a lot of people that just are just attached to their home or cave and afraid to go out. So that is obviously on the one end of the spectrum. And you've been featured in many, many articles and news stories about cave syndrome. And you say that about 49% of people that you see have cave syndrome in some aspect, which is just incredible. I mean, everybody knows somebody who is in the cave. And then there's just re-entering into normal life, like learned behavior. For instance, I've always been the opposite. I've been the fear of missing out girl. But I find that even when I go into the grocery store where we don't have to wear our masks anymore, you know, you have that feeling of the doors open, you're about to walk in the grocery store and then this panic, oh, I've got to, I've got to have my mask on. And you, you start to sink your hand into your handbag and then it occurs to you, oh, that's right. I don't have to wear it anymore. So there's all this undoing of behavior that we were forced to do over the past year. How do we undo behavior? Well, you know, I think uh, your description is exactly what's going on with everybody. We're certainly rusty on social skills. You know, what do I say? What am I going to do? Be embarrassed? I mean, and certain people have that more than others. There's this whole re-entry going on and a lot of insecurity and uncertainty and fear about it. And we never had it before. So, I mean, it's not like uh, you're used to doing it. Right now, you know, people are so concerned, you know, about getting back, okay? And it isn't illogical or irrational. It, it has to do with, we never did this before. 
Okay, so I, I think this whole idea about re-entry has a kind of spectrum, as I'm saying, of people being like concerned. You know, first we got the people who are timid. You know, the people a little cautious. You, you know, there's been a lot of things that people don't understand or know or concerned about. You know, so people are timid, and then it gets to further along the spectrum as people being like really having more excuses than Campbell's has soup on why they don't get out. Right. And and it's funny because, you know, that wonderful expression was um, the cover or the artwork of that New Yorker article with a woman behind a wall of Campbell's soup. It was really astute, uh, a brilliant you know, as the New Yorker knows how to do. You, you a know, brilliant any, illustration. Anybody who could read the article and see that, it, it's a great insight. Uh, okay. Yes, and I think yes. it'll help everybody understand what we're doing. Because, you know, Linda, we got now, uh, went from our rules, you remember, because we were home, right, to new rules. Okay. Well, maybe we've gotten very in control at home to maybe a little out of control outside. I mean, who's vaccinated? Who's not? Well, yeah, there's so many decisions to make, you know, um, and it's hard to make those decisions because as an author that was interviewed in the New York article says, our minds have atrophied. You know, we've just been lax in our mind and there's so many decisions to make now. Should I go on a vacation? If I go on a vacation, should I wear a mask? If I go to the hotel, should I go to the beach, but not to the pool? You know, should I even leave the house? Should we be thinking that hard? Well, you know, look, Linda, this was an extraordinary time. A third of the world's population retreated to the home. They were in isolation. Isolation is the enemy of mental health. So now we talk about re-entry and all people who were exposed to isolation. It's very naive of us to, to think that this hasn't severely affected you know, people into you know, the reentry. You know, people took a break. You know, I had I spoke to a, a, a person yesterday, and they were talking about this thing about like empty time. You know, they always had to do something, fill up the time. Now they were home for like fourteen months, and they didn't have to do that. They got used to it, and they like it. That's their new normal. They don't right. have to do things. So that's really something that people could they should be aware of if if people are listening to this and they're having that problem and they want to get back to normal first of all i think the solution is with anything is you've got to want to you've got to want to and then once you want to then we're going to talk about what you do to get back on track and okay one of now, the things mentioned in that article was yeah. stop avoidance yes to stop avoidance, to get rid of the anxiety. Okay. So let's really, I, I think, you know, now that we identified what the problem is, uh, avoidance is like our enemy. If it's an enemy of anxiety. In other words, if you really practice avoidance, you're just going to fuel more anxiety. So really, what, what I think what we got to do here is we got to come to grips with the fact that our fears won't come true. In other words, if you could go out with a companion and do all kinds of behavioral things, you get, you know, go out to, to, to places that are, are safe to begin with. And you see with emotional feedback that, hey, 
the thing I was worried about most, I didn't happen. I went to the grocery store, nobody got sick. I, I talked to people, it wasn't that bad. I mean, so you got to confront your fears. And that is the way we're going to deal with people avoiding and get out right away. Right. Just do it. Just get Just out. Just do it. You know, Linda, I got my MAV approach. I'll go over real quick. Okay. M has to do with be mindful. Think about it. What you want to do, think about yourself, be mindful, exercise, sleep, right? Then A, M A, A, A is attitude. Think positive. I really want to do this. I want to go out. I, I want to be doing more things with my friends and stuff. That's A, attitude. Then V, M A V. V is vision. Imagine yourself being out with your friends, doing all kinds of stuff you like to do, and you have like some goals and a vision of it. And if people practice this MAV approach real uh, seriously, very quickly, they'll be able to overcome a lot of their fears. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Let's hope yes. that in six months to a year, we're not having to talk about this anymore. That I everybody, so. yeah, everybody is in the roaring 20s and we're all doing great things and we're better in a year from now than we were two years ago. Yeah, you know, people may find out they learned a lot of good things in the pandemic. You know, they had to get together with people, deal with things differently, and maybe it changed their mental set about a lot of things. It could be some positives here, too. We can only hope for the folks that are listening that if you want to check out this great article in which Dr. Bregman is featured, it's the New Yorker magazine. Just Google the age of reopening. I, it's a, you'll learn a lot and it's very well written. Now I want to move our subject into a very important topic, which is acceptance. Acceptance is a, a very important mode of behavior to practice. And yet it sounds easier when you say, oh, well, I'll just accept that. It's, it's easier said than done, right, doctor? Practicing acceptance is really key. We all have to do it in many different things, relationships, uh, what, whatever. You know, there's so many things we have to accept. And really the issue here is um, you have to really accept things that you really can't control, that are out of your control. You know, a lot of us have a, have a lot of difficulty in that. You, you know right. what I'm saying? I yeah. know. I totally agree um, because some people find that acceptance is settling. You know, I'm settling like, all oh, right, I accept it. But deep down inside, they're thinking, I don't really accept it. I'm just settling. So how do you get there so that you are totally accepting it? I read this very interesting article. It says acceptance is an active verb. So it must be practiced. And just to give people a little bit of an impetus to do it. It says that every time you practice acceptance towards something, you create and strengthen neural pathways. Oh, absolutely true. So, I mean, this is a very, very important concept because um, it happens to us all the time in many different areas. Uh, and really the end concept here is that this is how it's going to be and we kind of like have to suck it up that's really kind of the end of it but it doesn't mean that you liked it or you chose it or you support it but really it kind of let go of the pain of it 
and you don't suffer and you let go of the pain. Now, if this has to be practiced, Linda, because if we could learn how to let go of it uh, and, and, and then we have control of that and then revisit it, you know, we could keep revisiting. Right. Don't you use, can still right? work on changing things. Exactly. And it sets down real neural pathways, as you said, so that if you keep practicing and do it, it becomes how you are and you let go of it. I mean, so you, right. Which means less go. anxiety. It means forgiveness. It means a whole bunch of good things for the person that you're accepting, but also for the for yourself. Absolutely. And you know what happens, Linda, is it gets into our pre-conscious. And although you may not consciously be thinking about it, um, it gets in there and it can become you know, part of how we are. So in, in that way, we are creating neural pathways, new ones. OK, and um, it needs to be practiced. So it's like all good things, you know, you got to put some work into it. I find one way to get to that acceptance is understanding, right? Knowledge. Let's say it's a friend and they're doing something that you don't like and you can't accept. But if you delve into why that person has to do that something, something that maybe, okay, that something wouldn't be right for you, but that person, your friend, your neighbor, it's right for them. And by understanding that person, why they have to do that, you are gaining acceptance for that behavior. Being able to really uh, see the other side, um, uh, uh, have a feeling that you understand the situation. Uh, uh, that's kind of like that mindfulness thing. And then it gives you some perspective, calms you down. You got to practice at it. It's not what way you like it. It's not what you really may have wanted but that's how it is. You have no control over it and just let it go. Why suffer? So this is such an important uh, concept in uh, dealing with a lot of the individuals that I deal with in my practice, you know, people holding on, you know, to things that they have no control over and it's just, they're spinning their wheels. You know what? Just remember that acceptance leads to tolerance, right? And yes. when you tolerate life is just a lot easier. So I think right now, as we are re-emerging into society, we need to practice acceptance. It's all good. You know, Linda, this is such an important topic. You know, I like to make this part one of acceptance. And next week when we do our podcast, let's do part two. Yes, where we get further into how you get there, how you get to the point of acceptance. I like that. So I'm okay. going to let you go now so that Good. we can think more about this great topic. And uh, you have a wonderful week. Everyone out there have a wonderful week and practice acceptance. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.